0: Okay, uh, let's take a look at. Uh, we have our last two cases. Let's take a look at MDIS. I think most of us would have heard of the, the, the school or the training institution, MDIS Corporation. Okay, they were fined $10,000. Okay, um, what happened? There was a Microsoft Excel spreadsheet okay, containing personal data of individuals who have signed up for causes with MDIS, okay? As I mentioned, PDP is a complaints-based regime, so there was a complainant who was able to access the spreadsheet through a Google search of an NRIC number. Can you imagine that? Okay, Let's say, you know, for fun, nothing better to do, you go to Google, you put in NIC NRIC number, and Google shows you your personal data come out. You'll be like, what? How can this even happen? Who is disclosing my personal data? How would it even be linked to my NRIC? So this is what happened to, uh, to this person okay so actually the mdis is a not for profit okay professional institute for lifelong learning their server and their web page okay are maintained by a web development vendor okay and their website also includes a content uh, management system for them to manage training okay provide the courses and also an online registration form okay so that course participants who are those who are interested to sign up for the courses can sign up and also provide their personal data so that they can process this personal data to enroll these uh, interested participants for courses. Okay, but there were no written contracts between MDIS and the web development vendor. Okay, you so see this is similar to another case that we touched on previously just now. Okay, there was no um, contract existent between MDIS and the vendor. Okay, and the vendor and the developer setting out the each respective party's scope of work and responsibilities, okay, wasn't done. Okay, so actually MDIS and the vendor, they okay, did carry out um, pre-launch testing, okay, which includes the contact form, sorry, not contact form, the form whereby participants can put in their personal data to enroll for courses. So they did do this pre-launch testing, okay, MDIS approved the website for launch and it went live, okay, shortly after that. Okay, but then, the first incident happened in May 2019, whereby this complainant, she entered her NRIC into a Google search, probably for fun, and the search result was a URL link displaying partial information about her, okay, the complainant, including her NRIC number, including her email address, and her mobile number, okay? And to know the full leaked data, wow, which is really extensive. Okay, I'm just going to read out in case uh, there are listeners Uh, our podcast listeners who are not watching the video, but just listening in. Okay, the leaked data actually included, okay, in the um, Excel sheet that was available online. Participant's name, designation, citizenship, NRIC number, and foreign uh, identification number, email address, name of the company that they are working for, registration type, contact number, billing address, country, contact person, course title, course code, and date. Well, it was really a mouthful for me. So can you imagine you are the uh, uh, victim of this uh, unauthorized disclosure of your personal data? When you see such an amount of your data getting leaked online, can you imagine how furious you would be? Okay, So what was the remedi- uh, remedial actions that uh, the organization took? Okay, So for MDIS, okay, they blocked the CMS, the Content management system, okay, administrative backend, and this is a little bit technical, but they inserted a robot dot uh, txt so a, a text file that will prevent search engines like Google from crawling or indexing uh, this uh, website or this page. Okay, they also submitted a removal request to Google to make sure that any cached, that means any stored version online, okay, of the spreadsheet link, okay, will be removed from there. Uh, search results from Google search results can they periodically remove the blockage on their CMS backend to test and see whether they can replicate the first incident so maybe Dex I'll stop right here first are there any comments first on you know how this could have even happened how can um, Microsoft Excel spreadsheet containing personal data of all their participants be available online
1: yeah so this is another thing that we would like to say is if the penetration test was done properly, the pen-, pen tester will actually be able to find all these on Google and sound it out straight away in the report. Yeah, and also it's also very important for our audiences to actually time to time Google their full name, their NRC, their home address, see what comes up. Time to time, there will be companies that you have signed up for, signed up accounts for, and they did not protect your data. So. You definitely need to time-to-time, to time. best is to do, the, do it once a month. That's a good practice and check your email against data breach databases as well. For all you guys who do know how to check your email against data breaches, we are actually launching a robot DPO that will make it really easy for everybody to check whether their email address has been leaked online or not, and whether their password has been leaked online as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. Thanks for that, Dex. So speaking of this first incident, whereby this complainant could find okay her NRIC by searching for NRIC on Google, okay, there was a second incident as well, okay, because the complainant carried out the Google search of her NRIC at the same time that the organisation had removed the blockage on the CMS backend to conduct tests on the first incident. you imagine how sweet that is first incident ha- happened, company took remedial actions, including blocking the CMS. Then the complainant tried to carry out Google search of an NIC again, but just nice the organisation go and remove the blockage. <laughs> then she could still see her NIC. So, first, the organisation failed to communicate any data protection requirements to their vendor, okay, their developer or, or development house, their vendor. Okay, but the organisation okay, did uh, admit they considered that they did not have a written contract with the vendor in relation to the development of the website okay for i'm actually surprised like for an organization like mdis how can they not have a written contract in place um to to define okay the responsibilities of the website the maintenance i'm pretty sure they would have the scope right you need a scope to even build a website so you can see that it's not it doesn't only apply to smes even bigger organizations also can make uh, mistakes. That means the bigger you are, the more budget uh, you have, means uh, everything is uh, perfect and you're compliant. Okay, secondly, prior to the launch of the website, okay, the organization failed to take reasonable steps to scope the pre-launch testing okay, to identify risks Okay, to the disclosed data that was collected through the form. Okay, So then as a result, the bug or the vulnerability in the CMS administrative backend of the website okay, remain undetected all the way up to the first incident. So that means Google was able to crawl and index. Once a certain page has been indexed, okay, you search for keywords, that link will appear. So basically this spreadsheet link was available online on Google, right, for a period of time until the complainant type in the NIC and found out about this. So the organization was ordered to pay $10,000 within 30 days, okay, and uh, failing which, uh, if they failed to pay this 10000 there will be interest incurred, okay, at the rate specified by the rules of court. Can I, any other comments on the case for MDIS?
1: Nope, I think you can just skip to the next one.
0: Right, we have our last case for August. So again, breach of protection obligation by MCST 3400. It sounds very cool. Huh? Okay, I also came to learn about this word MCST only a few years ago. I saw this word sometimes in, in car park or you know, in property, there are, there are signs or, or some notice. So I went to Google. Okay, So actually, MTST stands for Management Cooperation Strata Title. So it sounds very cheap, but basically they are just the managing body of uh, certain types of property, okay, like condominiums or any development co-owned by a few different owners. Lah. So they call it MCST. So actually there's, you think about it, there's a lot of MCST, okay, uh, in Singapore. So what happened was a directory containing personal data belonging to this MCST 3400. Okay, so each MCST has their own number, basically. So we're just going to call it MCST 3400. Okay, so this directory containing personal data was accessible on the internet, okay, to the public. Okay, So the MCST 3400 okay they purchase a NAS a NAS a network attached storage device so think of it like a, um, a, port, a portable but slightly bigger kind of a hard disk okay so they call it a NAS okay for the purposes of internal file sharing okay among its employees over a local network so most of the time businesses that do buy this um, network attached storage do use it as their uh, active directory or their uh, local server Okay, so the directory was one of the files that was stored onto this uh, NAS. Okay, the organization did not intend for this network-attached storage device to be connected for the internet. Again, uh, they wanted to use this okay over their local network only. Okay, prior yeah. to this incident, okay, the organization was unaware that actually the directory could be accessed via internet, uh, basically IP address, okay, without the need for any kind of lock-in.
1: Yeah, Let's take so a, a lot of people don't know that the moment you plug in a Nest and connect your internet uh, straight away, you will be available online really. And if you do not change your password or set any password, the default password will either be there or there's no password at all, depending on what brand NAS you're using. And a lot of people do not know that there's actually a search engine to search all the NAS out there and they can one by one click and connect and see whether there's no password or are they using a default password. They can even search just based on brands. yeah. So this search engine that is used by hackers is called Shodan. We'll put that in the show notes for you guys to see as well so that you can actually find all kind of IoT devices or any kind of devices that is plugged onto the internet.
0: Yeah, that time when uh, Dexter showed me uh, like he was using Shodan to see its uh, features and all quite some time back. Like- we could literally search for any brand, any kind of IoT devices, even any brand of CCTVs, and we could even see live feeds or CCTVs around the world. We can also define to certain geographic locations, right? Any brand of a NAS device, even operating systems, Windows 7 uh, operating system of computers. So it's really amazing. You can search for op- very defined uh, parameters. And if you are using the default manufacturer credentials, like maybe even admin admin, right? Children will be able to access it and also allow you to go and uh, basically enter your system and see the data. I think the other time you showed me there was a, what, a lot of sensitive information in, in the... Yeah,
1: we found lawsuits, yeah. we found passports, we found NRICs. Uh, I was also interviewed on Chan News Asia documentary and I actually showed this live on the documentary and of course they censored off all the stuff. Huh? yeah, I will yeah. put the link to the documentary at the show notes as well
0: all right okay so let's take a look at the leaked data okay from from this nest network attached storage okay the, the leaked data were from 12 council members of the organization which included yeah name nric passport number contact number email address okay you also contain 550 subsidiary proprietors okay of the organization which Wow, it's too long. Your name, email, number, block and unit number, change of their property ownership details, identity, statement of accounts, car plate number, figures in relation to the share values and arrays. Oh my god, it's so so much. So what were the measures? Okay. Firstly, okay, the organizations um these are some measures. Okay, they should conduct code review and also pre-launch testing before new id features or changes to id systems uh, are deployed so that's why even though they say oh we want to have a local uh, uh, network okay let's go and buy an nes let's only use this internally okay in the office but if you don't have the proper IT um, uh, team okay engineer or even a consultant to tell you what you should do and what you should not do or even do a network uh, vapt or pen test, they would have already Okay, showed you or allowed you to make sure that you are secure on all fronts or rather be better secured. Okay, and also organizations should conduct periodic security reviews of its uh, IT systems. Okay, the comprehensiveness of such security reviews okay, can be scoped based on their assessment of their data protection needs. Okay, Dex, any comments for MCST
1: 3400? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Nest out there with no password first thing is if you're gonna connect a nest, make sure if it is not needed to don't connect it to the internet at all but i think it's very hard majority of these SMEs do not even know how to segregate the nest to be out of from the internet yeah so most important is make sure it's a strong password yeah so recently we had a customer with their nest having ransomware and because it's not properly updated and nowadays there's a lot of google there's a lot of ransomware targeting specific brands of nests out there and it's automated the hacker doesn't even need to try to penetrate your nest they they can just do spray and pray to every single nest out there using shodan to detect which which nest is vulnerable what version of nest you are using what brand you are using yeah, so we had
0: this client, they had no backup, all their corporate files were encrypted. So yeah. we have to come in and yeah, mitigate for them this ransomware attack. Alright, I think that's it, Dex. We have covered uh, all the cases in the month of August.
1: Yeah, stay in tuned for the month of September. It will probably be next week's episode. Yeah,
0: yeah it has been a, a mouthful just on eight cases alone. Okay, my mouth is almost dry already. All right, so we hope that our listeners and our viewers okay, um, enjoy and did learn something from these eight cases that PDPC enforced in the month of August this year. In our next podcast session, we'll talk about the cases in September. And moving on, every month, okay, we will be hosting this um, uh, review okay, of the enforcement cases respect- uh, respective to each month, so that we can all together okay, go through uh, each case learn from the case, can okay, pick out good points on how we can value add back to our own organization, Again, okay, share with our colleagues so that we will not uh, come into the uh, same situation as them. All right. Um, any last words for our listeners or viewers, Dex?
1: Nope. That's all this week, guys. Thank you very much for listening.
0: Okay. Thank you, everyone. Okay. If you like what we shared, if we helped you to learn a little bit of something new, okay, do remember to like, subscribe, and share our video or podcast with your friends. Okay, signing out? Okay, from Privacy Ninja and Anti Hack. Take care. Goodbye.